Hello and welcome back to the 859 Insider Podcast. I am your co-host, Adam Conradi, along my, alongside my uh, other co-host, Noah Ziegler. And we are also joined by another new member of our team, Jacob Didenhofer, today. Jacob, how are you doing? It's your first time I'm, on the pod, so. Right, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, excited to be a part of the team now. And I've had a really good time the past couple of weeks going to games and doing all the stats and graphics and stuff. So it's been, it's been pretty great. Yeah, we've had a we've had a lot of good games this past few weeks, and it's been it's been so fun kind of covering this because it, it, Region Nine basketball, man, it's 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 you can't you can't replicate it. And I know every region is special in the Commonwealth, but I mean, we've had some great games. And Adam, Jacob, I can't wait to talk about it. Yep, we're getting into the meat of the schedule of the season. All right, let's go. All right, so from tonight's Beachwood uh, St. Henry game, we've really seen how. If Scotty Droud's put in the right moment, he can really play. And when that comes to tournament time in the region, that Beachwood team is going to be really scary, I think, especially with if he's able to put up that kind of performance and he has Will Downton by his side. I think Beachwood's going to be a scary team in the region this year. Yeah, I completely agree. If, if Scotty Droud can still drop 43 points against a St. Henry team coached by a coach who knows how to coach defense – Dave Faust knows how to shut players down. And if Scotty Jarrell can get through that, it definitely shows how capable Beachwood is if everything kind of comes together. Because we've seen what happens when not not every star aligns for the Tigers, but when everything kind of does and they click, it's it's almost like, okay, you start to wonder how far could they go? And now it's it's kind of this, okay, you see St. Henry, you, you got to take the positives, but also you got to look at St. Henry. The fact of the matter is they lost a game that they had a lead in. And that is crucial for a team like St. Henry to build that resume and to kind of earn that state notoriety, but a crushing loss for St. Henry to say the least. And I know that they're, they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that nobody drops 43 points against them again. Yeah. The most important aspect that I saw from the game tonight was that Will Doughton coming off a 34 point game where he couldn't miss 12 or 14 from the field only had eight points. And at one point he was water set one of seven or one of eight from the field. So St. Henry was really shutting him down, and that was their game plan going into the game. And that's why they had somewhere around a 16-point lead halfway through the third quarter. And then Scotty Droud just took over the game, and the rest is history. Yeah, and I, th- I think St. Henry's going to have a good chance to bounce back. Obviously, you, you, you take this loss and you try to take the positives out of it, but it is a crushing loss. But the thing is, they have two days to rebound, and then they have Dixie Heights, and that's one of the bigger games every single year for the Crusaders, and especially this year with Dixie playing really well. Who's to say Dixie can't pull off the upside? Because they definitely can, and we saw that in last year's district championship. But St. Henry's gonna ha- they're going to have to win this because a, a good win against Dixie shows that the Beachwood game – I don't want to call it a fluke because Beachwood's definitely a deserving team, but a, kind of a – okay, a, a, a bit of a – a stumble they kind of they tripped and they regained their balance but a good win against Dixie I mean Dixie's a very capable team of challenging anyone in the region so I think a good win against them would be good but again like you said looking out to the future they they it starts with winning that Dixie game for St. Henry yeah and we we've seen the St. Henry team win good games this year I mean they were down 16 in the second half against Highlands came all the way back ended up winning 82 80 on a buzzer beater by Cody Teton so you know that this team can come turn it around especially in the second half of the season with them playing Dixie, they know now sort of with this game behind them, they'll have like a chip on their shoulder to be able to show people that they can still play based off this Beachwood game. And I think they also going down the stretch are going to have a great run of basketball. 
still a lot of time left in this season. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And for Beachwood too, they they have a couple of good games coming up. They got Holy Cross, which Adam, we we've talked about this since the preview episode. Holy Cross Beachwood is going to be such a good game because that's going to determine that that two spot. And obviously, we we've gone back and forth on who we think is going to win. I think we I think we started off saying Holy Cross, then to Beachwood, and then I think it kind of went to the middle. And, and now I wonder, all right, where where is it? And it's it's going to be such an interesting game because you you look at a team like Holy Cross. You know what they can do. You can see you see what Jacob Meyer can do. But then you look at Beachwood and think, okay, they have the players that can match up with almost anyone in the region. So for for them, it's it's these two teams, St. Henry and Beachwood, play against each other, and it's you you call that one of the biggest games of the seasons for both teams. Well, both of them now have even bigger district games, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how t- how they respond because you know Beachwood that's a big win. Maybe they come out flat. They're riding a little too close to the sun. Or if you're a team like St. Henry, do you come out with motivation or is it the start of a slump? So it'll be interesting to see kind of the, the two games and see how they play out. Uh, and to add something for uh, you mentioned Holy Cross and Jacob Meyer. He had an unbelievable game on Saturday, as well as Brandon McClendon, who is coming fresh off of football season. He missed the first couple of games. So he's really coming into form right now. And he's had 20 plus point games in the past two uh, Saturday and Tuesday with 23 points, a great co- crossing tonight as well. So that's something to watch out for. And with this uh, Beachwood and St. Henry game tonight, that's going to be a really good mirror for what the possible district championship game is going to look like. And I'm really excited to watch that game when it comes around. I, I just saw this and I didn't realize this. Um, coach gets for Beachwood, I guess the win tonight, he became the all-time leader in wins as head coach at Beachwood. So congratulations to him. Obviously that's a pretty impressive feat for a school like Beachwood and a good, a good win to get it. Nonetheless, he's definitely in the re, in recent years, he's put Beachwood basketball back on the map and with Scotty drought and them being able to con, back to contending at regionals. That's definitely, uh, definitely one of the accolades that's deserved for coach Gats considering his success. All right. So it's, it's another episode. So we're going to start off or continue with the top 10, the eight, five, nine insider top 10 covering, covering the eight, five, nine region. So, us three, we've put in our ballots. We've tallied up the scores, and it's time to unveil it. We're going to go bottom to top this time because last time I think I went opposite order. And what's the fun in revealing the top at first? Uh, number 10, Campbell County. Number 9, Walton Verona. Number 8, Newport Central Catholic. Number 7, Holy Cross. Number 6, Connor. Number 5, Dixie Heights. And now we're getting into the nitty-gritty. Number 4, Beachwood. Number 3, Highlands. Number 2, St. Henry. And number 1, Covcath. And just a, just another reminder on how we score this is we each submit our top 10 and we tally it up based on, okay, if you're 10 or if you're number one, you get 10 points. If you get a number two vote, you get nine points and kind of on the order down, tally them up total. And we get this, no schools receiving votes. We all had the same set of teams. Uh, one thing I'll, I'll kind of get this going because I think this might draw some maybe debate, I was the only person to not have St. Henry as number two. I actually bumped them down to three. Uh, I have Highlands at two. And that is the actually the only difference in all our top fours. Everyone has Covcath as number one. And you two had St. Henry, Highlands, and Beachwood second through fourth, respectively. Um, I'm curious to hear what you guys think, because I think me putting Highlands over St. Henry isn't a, oh, St. Henry lost to Beachwood, they suck, or something like that. It's it's more so, okay, I'm starting to think Highlands, if they play again, Highlands wouldn't lose that game again. I think 
And the fact of the matter is St. Henry was very fortunate to beat Highlands. Obviously coming back from 16, they deserve it. Not calling it an undeserved win, but looking at how they won, it's very, it, it very well could have. Wyatt V's three-pointer could have rimmed out. Cody Teton couldn't have maybe could have not got the ball off in time. There's a little, a few different things that if they fall the Bluebirds way, we're kind of looking at the St. Henry team saying, okay, they've lost to Highlands. They've lost to Beachwood. What's going on? But you can't discredit that because Highlands obviously lost to them. But I think St. Vincent, I think if they play again, come at BB&T arena, I think they, I, I would probably at this moment make the prediction that Highlands wins. Of course, it's going to be a close game, but what do you guys think? I know, obviously, St. Henry is done. I, I, you can't really go wrong picking them number two, but that's just my opinion. What, Adam or Jacob, I guess, whichever one of you wants to tear me a new one, maybe. You know, Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman in this, we can see. Uh, I can't say I disagree with you too much on putting Highlands at number two with uh, St. Henry losing tonight, but it's it's tough to keep them there because – well, Highlands is really coming into their own because Luke Mueller has he started off the season showed, shooting pretty uh, low percentages, about 35% up until this week. And then I saw tonight against Cooper, he started off eight of nine from three. So if he can continue to do that, and Highlands already has a bunch of great shooters around him with William Harold and Leighton Reed and all the other guys. And if Sam Vincent, obviously, you know what you're going to get out of him. But if Luke Muller can become that player that he was last year and take another step from that, that's really something to watch out for. And they can really be a solid number two and maybe even take down Cuffcath later this year. Right. Same with both of you. Uh, there's not much to disagree with there. The only reason that I have uh, St. Henry over Highlands is because, once again, we talked about that game. So many things, like you said, rimmed out. Couldn't have got that ball off in time. But the collapse sort of of the Highlands defense – that's that's something you got to watch out for. Obviously, we haven't seen that. Like we've seen pinches here and there since that game, but like if they were to do that again, say come tournament time, they've got to. We got to see them work on that. Uh, also, like you said, I also agree with Sam Vincent. Luke Muller didn't really have the best beginning of the season, but once you said they turned around, and that Cooper game tonight really kind of proved that they're heading in the right direction. But there's still some little. Uh, gears they got to fix heading into the rest of the season as a whole. Jacob, I, I, I kind of have a couple things circled on both your guys' ballot. Jacob, I want to start with you. Yep. You have NCC over Holy Cross. Uh, yep. Kind of go, go into that uh, decision because I know Adam and I both have Holy Cross ahead of NCC. Uh, what what kind of makes you think the thoroughbreds are better than the Indians? Just uh, what I've seen this year, obviously, uh, Newcast started out, not I wouldn't say hot, but they came off two straight wins in a row. They beat Newport by 33 points. They had a win against Scott about over, I believe, 10. And we saw that game against last week, the Holy Cross and Newport, where Holy Cross only won by one point. Now, obviously, one game doesn't, like, show how the team truly is. They could just have an off day or everything. But if Newcastle is able to beat a Newport team by 33 points and then Holy Cross comes in and plays them only beats them by one, there's kind of some, I don't know how to say it, if like iffiness there um, also Holy Cross has kind of had, had a weird year too. I'm not saying Newcath has had a weird year, but I'm just saying based off how they played and if Newcath comes into it with like headstrong and they're ready to play, they can definitely pull off that one against Holy Cross next Tuesday, especially with that game being at home as well. Completely agree. All good points. Adam Campbell County ahead of NCC. So kind of two, two sides of the spectrum there. We have Jacob thinking, 
highly of NCC. And then Adam, it looks like you kind of aren't as high on NCC. Kind of go into details about that. Uh, I think NCC really has to prove it to me this year. I mean, I see the talent on their team, but I also see Campbell County's talent and they are sitting at six and three after their win tonight. And they've got four players uh, averaging double figures as well with Aiden Hamilton and Garrett beating, leading the way two great scorers and already proven. So it's more so what I've seen is why I have Campbell County ranked ahead of Newcalf, but I could definitely see Newcalf taking over that after they played more games. They just haven't had enough games on their schedule yet at this point. All right, so now that we've talked about our top 10, we have a couple of games to talk about, especially in the coming weeks. Jacob, let's talk about the game that you're looking forward to, you're going to highlight. Uh, all right, so I'm looking forward to the Holy Cross New Cath game coming up next Tuesday. Uh, I've already talked about this before, but I kind of wanted to highlight the game as a whole. Um, coming into that, it's kind of a big game for region as well. Whoever wins that game probably will get the better seating in region, considering that both of their districts aren't highly as competitive this year. Like, I believe Holy Cross will definitely make it to the region this year, as well as Newcastle, um, because we've seen, especially Newcastle this year with Newport not being as hot as they were last year, that they'll definitely be that that two seed to make it in the tournament. Hopefully, maybe a miracle could happen where they be Hounds, but I'm seeing that as highly unlikely. Same with Holy Cross, our district this year, they could definitely come out and win that. So that both that game will definitely prove to see how each team will come to play against the tournament time, and especially watching Jacob Meyer play against this like new cat defense and i'm not saying they're stellar or they're not bad they're just kind of there like they're they're going along with teams they're playing with them it's not like they're getting blown out so i'm really excited to see what jacob meyer does against the big men as well as for cam geisler to kind of show up i mean freshman coming in last week that would be his like first big game to kind of like prove himself coming up off the bench so i'm just really excited for all that could happen with that game Yep, definitely an exciting game to look forward to. Adam, you've got a, a big one in terms of there's a there's definitely going to be a lot of people from the entire Commonwealth of Kentucky looking at this one. Talk about Mail versus Cuffcath. Uh, yes, this is a massive game, not only in the state of Kentucky, but nationally at this point for these two programs. Uh, Louisville Mail, one of the top programs in the state of Kentucky for basketball year in and year out. This will only be their third game of the season so far. And right now we're recording this on February 2nd. They are currently one and zero with a 130, 103 to 30 win over Brown as their only win. And they're ranked number one in the state. So they're not any pushover at this point. It's pretty tough at this point to be ranked number one in the state. If you've only played one game. So them and Ballard, Stayed up there. I believe one of their players also just got offered by Iona, Rick Patino. Little shout out. Well, and so Cupcath will be hosting them, and they're ten and two now. Rounding out kind of the games to highlight for me, I'm looking at kind of going further south down the highway. I'm looking at Henry County versus Gallatin County. That's a big game in terms of that district. This year has proven that uh, if any, if there's any year to take down Gallatin County to win the district, it's this year. Owen County started that trend, then Henry County beat them. But just tonight, Gallatin beat Owen County by 10. They have another game against Bellevue on Thursday. And then immediately after that, they have a game against Henry County on Friday. That'll be very telling because we'll see how John Jones has switched this team, kind of tinkered with it, seeing how they're going to connect throughout the entire season. But when you look at that district and you look at kind of the the parity of it this year, this game is going to tell is, is big in terms of seeding. 
because if Gallatin can beat Henry County and they can continue to beat the in-district in district opponents, then who's to say they aren't going to repeat again? But Henry County, again, is going to, is the, is the school that people think are going to win the district this year. So for Jones and co that's going to be a good game to look at just in terms of who's going to win that district. Who's going to, how's it going to affect the eighth region tournament and stuff like that. And obviously coach John Jones is going to get his team ready, but Henry County is hungry because they, they want to, they want to beat, they want to beat their rivals. It's, it's always a intense game. And this year, especially the first game Henry County came back from a deficit and one by two on Gallatin senior night. So for the Wildcats, it's going to be, uh, or excuse me, I guess I think both teams are Wildcats. So for, for GC, it's going to be a big game in terms of revenge. For HC, it's just in terms of, hey, we want to show that we're not going to mess around this year. We're going to win it. All right, to round out this episode, uh, we got to talk about Cam Hergett getting a couple of offers. Uh, he's originally had Dayton, Butler, Valparaiso, uh, kind of schools that are always uh, in the Northern Kentucky talent pool. But Cam Hergett got an offer from Bryant University. Also, fun fact, coached by – or the linebackers coach – is a graduate of Cincinnati St. X, Steve Daniels, who my brother played football with. So that's just a little bit of a fact in there. But recently, more recently, he's gotten preferred walk-on offers from Akron and Youngstown State. At Youngstown State, obviously, an FCS program, Akron in the MAC. It'll be interesting to see where Herget decides to go because obviously Butler, Valpo, and Dayton. And he also has an offer from Moorhead State, but all of those schools are non-scholarship programs. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what he does because obviously PWO is not a scholarship offer, but he can earn it. So in those situations, it's you can play your way to earn a scholarship. In other situations, it's in, in the Butlers, the Valpos, the Moorhead States. He's going to be tasked with just playing all four years unless he transfers with that. But um, guys, what do you, what do you think about Herget getting the – getting some college love. He's starting to get some offers, especially kind of as the second round of national signing day looms. Uh, I'd say it's about time. I mean, yeah, I, I got to agree with Adam on that, especially the PWOs that he's gotten from like solid division one football programs. I mean, with Akron and then you got Youngstown state, those are like pretty above tier programs over like Dayton Butler and Valparaiso. And we've been saying it all year. I mean, Cam Herget literally torched Kentucky state football this year. Like the stats he had, especially with him winning Mr. Kentucky football. I'm shocked that he hasn't gotten some more college love. Like with Adam, like you said, how it's about time. So I'm really excited for what he has in store for college. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. Hope you all enjoyed and we'll see you all next time.